Hello and welcome to Real Deals On Air. I am Nicholas Neveling and in this programme we will be taking a status check on the position of debt markets a year on from the first wave of COVID disruption and uncertainty. I recently joined a group of lenders and advisors to discuss the drivers behind the evidence of a strong debt market recovery and to get to grips with how lenders are navigating competitive situations to find value and what the outlook for debt markets over the next 12 to 18 months is. The guests joining me for the discussion were Amani Atia from ThinkCats, Tom Cox from FRP Advisory, Kirsty Hutchinson from McFarlane's, Cecile Levy from Tikihau Capital, and Graham Neal from N4 Partners. We kicked off discussion with a look at what has characterized deal flow so far this year and what kinds of deals are getting over the line. Kirsty Hutchinson explained how the focus has shifted from survival to business as usual within just a few months, with refinancing and amend and extend deals ubiquitous in a borrower-friendly market. If we if we sort of look back to same time last year, um, clearly we were in a, a, a wasteland of panic and confusion um, with, uh, with people just about getting their heads above water with uh, sort of emergency waivers. Roll forward to December. I think everybody acknowledges that it was one of the one of the busiest Q4s in in people's working memories, and and inevitably a lot of that deal flow spilt over into January because people simply couldn't get everything away in time. So it was a it was a cracking start to the year in the sense that you know everybody's glass was over was overflowing with uh, with transaction activity that needed to be needed to be dealt with in, in Q1. Um, but you know a lot a lot of amend and extend activity. Um, but equally, a lot of people taking advantage of, you know, the, the, the frankly enormous levels of liquidity to, to refinance. People are looking ahead. They might not necessarily find themselves needing to refinance now. Um, but, you know, this is a great time for them to do so, uh, particularly if their fundamentals are sound. So people are, are refinancing. Um, a lot of sponsors are taking the opportunity to refinance and recap. FRP Advisory's Tom Cox also noted the surge in refinancing and recap activity but added that, that the market had bifurcated between sectors deemed COVID resilient and industries most impacted by lockdowns. We, see, we, we all see lots of activity, very, very robust valuations in very, I guess, COVID resilient sectors. So healthcare, pharma, business services, tech enabled, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and um, if you kind of compare that against perhaps more um, uh, heavily impacted you know, consumer-facing industries, there's, you know, not a lot of activity going on there. Um, and we, on the advisory side, see, you know, are I've been having a number of conversations in, in those kinds of sectors where, frankly, there's not a chance um, in hell, frankly, that, that somebody's probably going to be able to refinance at least for the next 12, 18 months where they you know, have businesses which are, you know, loss-making for... Graham Neal from N4 Partners, a firm that lends as well as provides debt advisory services, added that in what had become a hot market, lenders had remained disciplined and exercised high selectivity when deciding which assets and deals to back. Terms are pretty aggressive just now, and, and I think generally the market feels feels hot. It feels like there's a lot of kind of full pricing going on. Um, and, and I would agree with kind of what Tom and Kirsty said around, you know, teams are also being selective. I think I've certainly seen from our perspective, teams not engage in auction processes because they respect and understand that dynamics there. And they'll just choose pretty quickly um, whether they want to play or not because they probably understand that unless they really can go to the top of the pile, it'll be, you know, it's, it's going to be a hot, hot process and they'll just not, not ultimately get the outcome they want. So how have lenders navigated a hot market 
that favours borrowers against what is still an uncertain economic backdrop. Tiki House Cecile Levy and Amani Atia from ThinCats sketched out their respective approaches to deployment through this period. First Cecile Levy and then Amani Atia. Even if you are a large established fund, even if you have a large team, you can't address everything. So then you need to really direct. And I guess that maybe Tom has this issue to capture the bandwidth of uh, those teams because we need to do some trade-offs. And even if you are very willing and organized and we have this, because that's really now the paradox in a way, private debt funds have emerged on the back of being uh, flexible, one-stop, whatever, but being fast. And, uh, and so at some stage, you can't cover it all. So you need to be indeed disciplined. And so that's uh, quite a natural, I uh, would say, selection. Uh, this being said, because you see there is this intense competition. So meaning that if and when it becomes too for by our own standards, too levered, too low pricing, we just let it go. It doesn't matter. Well, it's really um, changed over the last, where are we now, 18 months or so that, that we've been in this situation. Um, we started out with a lot of our initially back, back um, in the, the spring and um, summer of last year, a lot of our activity was refinancings or sorry, was working capital. Um, and just um, working with companies who, who needed that working capital and um, who were viable entities, but just needed the working capital. And then towards the, um, the fall of the year um, and kind of into, into the winter, um, what we began to see is a lot more of activities in terms of starting to rebuild their businesses. So rebuilding inventory, new bringing in new equipment and things of that nature to to get to get ready um now um a very significant proportion of our book i echo um in terms of of m a related um a um, lot of work with um uh with sponsors so that's really the bulk of our activity now so if you saw the book our book last year versus this year whereas last year it was maybe um you know 40 40 to 60% kind of working capital and then inventory build. Now it's it's 60% or more of M&A related and, and sponsor related uh, type of activity. So I echo everything that, that's that's being said, even in our part of the of the market, which again are the smaller, smaller size um, businesses. Conversation then moved to what lies ahead for debt markets as government stimulus unwinds and borrowers have to start managing additional debts and liabilities incurred to see them through lockdowns. Graham Neal was cautiously optimistic that the market would be able to steer through this period. I feel that the, the ship's pointing forward. I don't think it's going to be a straight course out. I think, again, uh, we've talked a lot about this today. I think it depends on sectors. Um, actually, uh, you know, obviously some of the some of the sectors that we covered there have probably had a lot of debt appetite throughout. I haven't probably felt the compass move at all. So I suppose they probably are operating in quite leveraged positions, but the markets will remain strong and the macro drivers that sit behind them will continue to support that. Tom Cox expects pragmatism to prevail with credits in troubled sectors given the breathing room to recover by lenders who are keen to avoid crystallising losses. You know, in certain sectors, lenders will be encouraging their borrowers to potentially look elsewhere for it to, to, to take them out. 
but we'll 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 um you know accept that frankly at the moment that's probably not possible um and we'll have to recut refi you know amend extend for the time being until we have a more stable platform kirsty hutchinson added that the depth and innovation within the lender universe would also help to avoid a debt maturity wall. Private credit grew out of the retrenchment of, of banks and the absence of, of, of um, you know, of, of available capital in situations where businesses needed it. And, and that absolutely took advantage of that. I say no reason why, you know, the, 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 the incredibly nimble, effective professionals who work in private credit are not going to be able to take advantage of that again. And so, you know, people are setting up, uh, you know, special situations funds, people are setting up setting up you know, more distressed funds or, or even loan to own funds, but but particularly sort of special sits funds in order to take advantage of those sorts of those sorts of situations because you know, they, they are there and there are opportunities in those. The fact that financial distress has been limited despite the scale of disruption was a positive reflection on the maturity of the direct lenders who have come to lead the market over the last decade, but have yet to face a down cycle until last year. Amani Atia and Cecile Levy elaborated on how they had handled portfolio management and supported borrowers in the face of volatility. So we're set up a little bit different uh, mm -hmm. in that um, we have um, kind of, uh, if you will, hunters and gatherers. So we have mm -hmm. people who are dedicated to um, looking at new transactions and putting the, those transactions on the books. And then once the transactions in the books, we turn it over to a, a group that manages them on an ongoing basis um, so that they keep on top of, uh, of the transactions, they keep on top of the borrowers, make sure that they're hitting their covenants and, and they're performing in line with projections, et cetera. So we've been able, because of that, we've really been able to both bring on new business at the same mm -hmm. time as give our back book the attention that it needs and deserves. The outcome is that we have been much, much closer to uh, companies and private equity sponsors because, and especially during the first uh, strict lockdown, uh, we had uh, everybody was quite, you know, surprised and lost and well, bewildered. And so we had this opportunity to have constant uh, dialogue, and that was quite nice, actually. And even we had uh, put in place a kind of uh, a small club and people were helping each other and sharing best practice and so that was quite uh, on the country quite active uh, uh, dialogue and maybe better than when you go I don't know like uh, once every quarter meeting or once uh, twice a year here there was uh, sometimes like we were talking to those companies on a weekly basis so much now we are much closer to them actually. The session closed with each panelist sketching out their strategic objectives and expectations for the next 12 to 18 months. Amani Atia and Cecile Levy first, followed by Graham Neal and Tom Cox, with a final word from Kirsty Hutchinson. So for the rest of this year, what we're really focused on, we've got a, um, a few government programs that we're working on still. So we're really focused on um, completing those programs um, and uh, making sure that borrowers get a, get to take advantage of, of those programs. And then really um, starting to build for, for next year, because we do think, um, you know, the, the government will will end up withdrawing its, its support in the marketplace. So we, you know, we need to make sure that 
um, we're positioned to take advantage because we are seeing the banks continue to withdraw from the marketplace. Yeah. Um, and so we really are, are looking to, to take advantage of that, um, uh, you know, for next, for next year. We think the activity, the M&A activity will be around for a while, um, uh, or at least, you know, for the, for the next, uh, for a lot of the rest of this year. So, mm -hmm. you know, we will continue to see a lot, a lot go into that space. Um, and it's really about um, then positioning ourselves for, for what next year will bring. We have launched and that's uh, maybe outcome and the big uh, move of uh, the COVID impact. We have uh, generalized what we have called ESG ratchet in our unit trench. So that's mm -hmm. a big uh, topic. So that's one of the key priority to really link and to have this extra financial criteria becoming more and more in the, you know involved in the in the setup and so meaning that the team is organized that way we have uh, hired uh, dedicated resources and so on so that's also the second priority from an n4 perspective we will be you know fundamentally maximizing the value for our current investors in our current portfolio we've been blessed in some regards with some of the assets that we have uh, and the performance within the, the pandemic but ultimately we'll be looking to, to maximize value over the next 12 months with those assets and expanding our business you know i think um we are we're kind of currently kind of looking at you know what that's from an, exp an expansion both in the traditional investment space and also our kind of advisory practice so we're we're fortunate i suppose with all the change that's brought us many opportunities and we, we, we've just got a really really busy team just now so looking forward to the next 12 months um going forward yeah yeah and, you know our advice some of our advisory work is pivoting starting to pivot towards more um with kind of more special situations um, okay. and okay and, and um refinancing some cap structures that frankly just aren't really fit for the, the purpose going forward um and sort of engaging with you know, clearly engaging with those borrowers relatively early such that you don't get to that point where the thing the thing sort of unwinds itself when it hasn't when, when it had an opportunity to be to be restructured so i think we will increasingly see volume in that space um, um as, as as 2022 opens up um but for the time being uh, it's very much that issue goes increased opportunities because you know having a company through company clients through some pretty tough and challenging times you're in a position where they you know they will they, they will you know put you in pole position and you will help them you know in, in slightly less challenging times where they're you know they're doing something exciting and, and transactional so we've we've just stayed very very close to our clients and 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 help them through a lot of a lot of stuff um uh, and, it, and it brings increased opportunities that people go through because you know people are looking to transact again and take advantage of what's what's happened. So, you know, more of the same in that sense. Um, it, it, you know, it's been a it's been a very strange, uh, paradoxically, you know, incredibly tough, but also in in many ways certainly freshly incredibly rewarding. Yeah, that we've just been through. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully something good will come out of all of this for all of us. Oh, 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 oh,